This might be the most challenging jingle. I don't know. Just have fun. Zach, have fun. No matter what, it's going to be good. The I'm Caroline Kowalczyk, life coach and your host of the Unpurposeful Podcast. Today is a very special day because I have my dear friend Sergio Huerta on the show. Serge is a visual artist that was born and raised in California. He is currently living and working in Houston, Texas. And his mother tells that as a child, he would draw in the air with his fingers So now he paints and creates full-time. In the daytime, he is a healthcare IT and software professional. Sergio is like a big brother to me. He and I met back in 2012, and I believe it was, was it Geneva? It was in Vienna. In Vienna. Okay, so really quick, his sister, Gigi, shout out to Gigi, is my (laughs) bestie. And we met during this international master's program that we did in five different countries. We lived in each country for two months and we had our graduation ceremony in Geneva. And I remember you being there, but yeah, we, we actually met earlier in Vienna. So that was our first introduction. And I am just so excited to be sitting here right now seeing all of the incredible work that you've done and continuing this friendship together. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Caroline, thank you for having me. I am very excited to be here speaking to you. Yes, I'm I'm so excited. Tell us a little bit about how you became the surge that you are right now. Like, what are you doing? What are you working on? I'm really curious to hear about that. Well, it's been an interesting journey, very unplanned. I'm at a point now where I'm fully embracing painting, creating, being a visual artist, being aware of, you know, getting to know myself more continuously, daily, and just living a lot more peaceful, a lot more balanced with a lot more harmony. Kind of just trying to revamp day by day uh, who I am and you know, what does Sergio need? What does he want? And not to talk like in the third person, but, you know, I have to ask myself those questions. Like, how are you? I have to check up on myself and, you know, just take it day by day. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So can you expand a little bit more about what you mean when you say, you know, you're living more in harmony and you feel like you're in a really good place? I'd love to know more about that. That's a deep question. (laughs) Where do I begin? Oh, my God. (laughs) You know what? I feel like back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, it hit us all in different ways. And it hit me in a very specific way where I I had to come like face to face with maybe maybe uh, certain fears or roadblocks that I had not really faced or, you know, want, you know, resolved or not. Or maybe avoided. It, it, it might be, you know, an avoidance of sort. But um, whenever that hit, I, I feel like I, I came face to face with that. And slowly but surely, um, it's been an evolving process to where it, I really started to appreciate harmony and, you know, the, the little things 
that can bring us joy. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's nice to just wake up and be breathing and say, Hey, I'm alive. I made it one more day. And you know, what are we going to do today? Like, well, you know, what's going to happen today. But I, I think it's just having that mentality, like, you know, day by day, not being so rushed or pressured to be anything or anyone that you're really not, but just kind of listening to yourself and saying, Hey, like, what does, what does that inner like authentic self want or what do they need? Or, you know, what, what should I be looking at? I'm not sure if that makes complete sense, you know, but it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's very grounding to kind of just have that relationship with yourself and allow it to give you that peace and that, that harmony. Yeah. It sounds like there was a part of you that was done with living on autopilot. Exactly. Yes. That is, you summed it up very nicely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love for you to shed some light on the work that you do, because I think you are really unique in that you are a full-time artist. And first of all, I just want to say congratulations on recently opening your own art space, aka studio in Houston, Texas. Thank you. That's huge. That's amazing. You were never professionally trained as an artist. Like you just started making these amazing, beautiful paintings <laughs> and blowing everybody away. First and foremost, your family, and then eventually your friends and like your small community of people. And, and now you have your own art space. And then on the side, you're also working, or not on the side, but also full-time, you're working in the healthcare, IT, and software industry. So I would love for you to just kind of share those two worlds and maybe start with how the art for you developed, and then you can talk to the other whenever that makes sense. Of course. So with the art, like I, growing up, like, you know, like I, like I, uh, you mentioned uh, with me drawing in the air, you know, my mom would, poor thing, I'm sure she'd freak out, you know, she'd be like, what is wrong with my child? Like, what is he doing with his hands in the air, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but in my mind, I recall it very clearly, like I would be drawing, I would be sketching. I don't know what it was at the time I was a kid, but um, that's kind of like my, my earliest recollection of that. And I, I think that's, that's when I realized I, I had a creative, like, you know, bug in me or that side to me. But as I grew older and probably not until I was 19 or 20 did I start really painting. And I, it's almost like it found its way out of me to where I was like, hey, like uh, painting is my thing versus sketching or attempting attempting to uh, take music courses or like a piano course or guitar. Like I just knew I was creatively inclined. I just didn't know what was my niche. I didn't, I, I wasn't really uh, aware, necessarily aware of it until, not until I started painting. Mm-hmm. And from there, I've been doing it since, um, you know, developing, understanding it more and just really getting to know it and accepting that it's a part of me. It's an extension of who I am. So I have to take care of it and nurture it, but also uh, make a living off of it or, uh, you know, get, share it with others. And if others connect, that's even better. Um, so it's interesting how that world kind of goes hand in hand with my traditional nine to five job, which is in like healthcare IT with software applications. The reason I, I think I do well in, in that area as well is because it's a very objective kind of world. There's really no 
there's thinking involved, obviously, when it comes to problem solving. But for the most part, there's procedures, there's protocols, there's a set of guidelines, rules you can follow. And I like that because I can actually exercise my my objective side, like my, my structured side mm. to say. And when it comes to uh, problem solving, <laughs> I usually think outside the box and I'll come up with random, you know, maybe not so orthodox solutions. And it's like, oh, wait, that does work. Let's try it. And I can also apply some of that objectiveness into the art world and say, hey, I need to establish a routine. I need to figure out uh, where to start with this painting. Like, do I need a base layer? Do I need to add, uh, you know, it, it needs to, it's, it's more methodical. So it, it goes hand in hand, which seems to work for me. I love that explanation so much because it was honestly very soothing to to listen to you speak and explain it because I think to the outside eye, right? The world seem like they have nothing to do with each other. And in reality, they complement each other so much. And like you said, the contrast allows you to integrate the two worlds in a way that really works well for you and allows you to see things from a different perspective and and think about something that you've been doing for a while in a slightly different way, in a way that might be able to help you. Right. It does, yes. So what kind of paintings do you make, Serge? As far as the paintings go, I materials, I, I like to use uh, canvases, paints, mainly acrylics, sometimes oils. And as far as what's depicted visually, I like to focus on the body. I've always been fascinated by the body. Um, every year, every season, there's a certain curiosity about the body. Like if there's something that's expressing or, you know, a sensation that maybe is new to me or that is growing on me, whether it's a emotional response or maybe like even now, like, getting to explore my sexuality a little more um, as I get older. Uh, it, there's, al- there's always a, a, a theme of exploration, maybe uh, feeling, sensation, and the body. Like it, mm. th- Those are the, the raw materials that I like to focus on when painting. Yeah, now that you say that, I can totally see that because a lot of your paintings are of the body And your art really speaks to me. And I'm not just saying this because you're my friend, but it's so powerful. Like for me, I think it's, it's always been, it strikes me as very bold, but also it's very warm. You know, I'm not like the best (laughs) articulate critique of art, but for me, like your art is just like so breathtaking because it's so vulnerable. When I see it, I'm like, wow. This is incredible. And it it really just allows you to slow down. And I'm planning on having your art in my house eventually one day, because I've <laughs> always been like, I need to get Serge's art up in here. <laughs> so I would love for you to, you know, when I say that, what comes up for you? Because maybe like you mentioned some of the things that, that it is for you, but when you hear me say the word vulnerable, like what, what comes up for you? And as a friend, Caroline, I'm glad that you see that because a lot of it is vulnerability. It's about literally just being naked, being exposed, bare, saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. It's a lot of 
what I, the subjects that I paint, they're not really covered or clothed. You know, it, it's, it's, it's about having that visual of the body just exposed and, and you're right, they are very vulnerable, but also um, I've been really learning to portray that vulnerability as power. It's like, Hey, you know what? Maybe traditionally, you know, it, vulnerability is like, you know, oh, it's weak or it's seen as weakness or, you know, but no, on the contrary, these depictions are meant to show power, to kind of just strip away all the, all those layers and, you know, down to the core and say, hey, you know what, this is the the true essence of what I'm experiencing, what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling. And it's here in your face. Like it, that's, at least that's my motivator as I'm trying to formulate the paintings and, you know, construct them and bring them to life. Like it's, Sometimes I wish I could just make really easy paintings and I probably could, <laughs> but I wouldn't feel them. And that's not my style, you know, and I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not trying to bash anybody, please. Like, you know, that you know, everybody does what they do because they, hopefully they love it. But my road's a little more, um, <laughs> it, it takes a little longer. Uh, so I can't move as fast, but I love whenever I can just step back and say, Hey, wow, I did this. Like I, I was able to process this, you know, process these, intangible almost uh, sensations and you know construct them visually onto a canvas I like to be inspired by what I make as well because it's almost like an engine right like I'm sure with even with your podcasts you know with with what you do with like you know coaching I'm, I'm sure you know it just kind of motivates you and builds you up to want more and help more or create more yeah so I'm getting the hang of that yeah, it, it sounds like you're really getting comfortable with like owning art as your medium and being more comfortable with your process as well. I mean, everything you said earlier just gave me chills. I love what you said about vulnerability as power because essentially that is what I see in your paintings. They're so powerful and they're so bare. And it's like, this feeling of like, I see you. This is me. I see you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and there's no other way around it. This is it. You know, there's no masks. There's, this is it. And I also see so much power in it too, because I feel like our society really shames sex and shames the body, right? Especially... Right. Of course, like women's bodies are so objectified. I think that it's really incredible that you do this art because it does make some people uncomfortable, I'm sure, you know, especially if you didn't grow up with feeling safe to see a naked body, like, which sounds so ridiculous, but like we see this in movies, especially in the US where they're blowing heads off, but a woman's nipple is like the end all be all, you know? And God forbid. God forbid the natural forbid. part of the world. <laughs> it's like we're watching the Discovery Channel and all of a sudden a human shows up and they're like, this is rated R. It's, it's just so funny to me. So I, I think censorship. it's really intense. And I, I really love the power aspect of your art. and. I forget what I what my other point was, but I think I'll just end there and let you tell me what's coming up for you when I share all of that. <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, even growing up, I didn't really have like many reference models um, on TV. You know, I'm 
I was born in 1980, in the 80s, so we didn't have this thing called the internet, you know, <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> Google stuff, it, it was just, we were stuck with what was on TV pretty much, and I've always been very cautious as to how I portray my subjects when I speak to them as well. And I mean, you, you know, you know what I, you know, my style because we've worked together yeah, as well. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's about showing, showing everything. I'm not necessarily inclined to say tastefully, but in a human way, not, mm-hmm. not in a, maybe what society would consider like a, a sexual way or like there's no reason to exploit anything you know it's like the the essence itself of you know the human body it's natural it doesn't need much it's natural right right Right. it it doesn't need extra layers or you know coverings you know it's it's beautiful the way it is so um, yeah yeah that's that's a fine line I've always been kind of cautious not to you know I don't like to teeter-totter there I just I like to keep it I like that essence to be kind of fresh and clean and just beautiful the way it is and and also when when, um when I speak of like you know vulnerability like as power I don't mean it to be like an intimidating you know like oh it's a powerful it intimidates me no it's on the contrary it's you I want that power but also that sense of intimacy that I feel like we we lack as well as society you know just like with connecting with others and having these like intimate moments or connections or conversations where I feel like it's very important. So with these canvases, these paintings as well, like that's, it's power, but also at a very intimate, maybe almost one-on-one level. Like if, if you see it in person or like online or, you know, on my Instagram, that's my goal at least, you know, to, to show that, hey, like we can have, we can have an intimate connection and it can be very powerful and they can coexist. Absolutely. And then that, that's why earlier, I think when I said, I see you, that came up for me because when, when I say I see you, it, it feels very intimate and it feels like I'm making space for you to be here too. And I, I see you, I see your, your energy. I see you breathing, right? Like we're existing <laughs> together at the same time. And yeah, and I'm sure it's challenging at times to uh, walk that line, like you were saying, because I think that nowadays, like women get shamed for breastfeeding, which is totally normal and all of these things, because anytime you see anything nude, (laughs) anything nude, anyone nude anywhere, I think, especially being from the States, your mind automatically goes, oh, that's intense. That's inappropriate. Right. Because like we were taught that like through, through socialization and conditioning. So, and you know, this doesn't mean to say that if you're uncomfortable with nudity, there's something wrong or, you know, like this isn't necessarily, but this is just like my opinion because I just feel like these conversations are important to have because I think that a lot of times when art is so subjective and it's really nice to kind of hear the artist's process and experience and and why they do what they do. I, I feel like they're there's such easy concepts in our in our heads sometimes to it's like, oh yeah, like I see it, but to verbalize it because maybe we've never really had that those conversations mm. as um we, we probably should to where it becomes a little more simplified to kind of try to explain it because it's you know it's it's not really always talked about, but it, it's almost like they feed off of each other though, these two concepts. Yeah. It's like 
you know, and, and that's, that's the interesting part. It's like, you know, they're, they're opposite or they could be somewhat opposite, but they also complement each other. Like it, they can work hand in hand. They can bounce each other back and forth and feed off of each other. Yes. Yeah. I really see the work that you do as, as creating space to show up and be yourself and express yourself as who you are. How do you feel now that you have your own studio? I'm curious, like how that process has been for you as you're also like, yes, you're showing your art, but you're also physically stepping into the art world and sharing more of you. How does that feel for you? So it pretty much what you said, um, as far as the, the studio space itself, that was my goal to, to make it inviting like an open space, a comfortable space where um, if you stop by and say hi, or, you know, it, I, I wanted to feel welcome because the way things are laid out in the studio, I wanted it to be almost like a reflection of the space that I like to create in my, in my mind or in my head when I'm making these paintings. Like I, you know, I, I try to incorporate a lot of, uh, natural elements in the studio like there's it's a I mean it's a the studio itself is amazing it's it's a like you know concrete flooring ultra white gallery walls high ceilings the skylight industrial lighting but I wanted to give it like a a natural organic feel to it with you know plants Mm -hmm. with a lot of curved items um, Mm -hmm. you know just as nature itself right it's it's there's a lot of curves a lot of like flow or you know the things are fluid there's seating there's benches there's uh pots plants like you know there's a lot of live or you know just uh, this is kind of hard to explain even though it should be very simple but i try to keep it as as natural feeling and as inviting as possible because that's the way i like it like it's it's just a very nurturing kind of uh vibe yeah it's almost like it feels like home like coming home. Yes, exactly. Even though it's a studio, like an official studio space, it, it also needed to feel warm. Like it, it's not stuffy at all. That's not what I want. I, it's just a free space, pretty mm-hmm. much. With wine, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited to be able to, to show up. Another thing I wanted to touch on is pride. Yes, pride. I know that we had talked prior to jumping on this call and that topic came up and I feel like it's really a beautiful topic to shed a light on. So tell me, how do you think pride shows up in your work? First and foremost, I mean, I'm, a, I'm gay, obviously. And I have a, this amazing, uh, still here, still queer uh, sign that I, that I got at New York Pride back in 2015 with legalized gay marriage. Lately, uh, pride for me has encompassed more than my sexuality. It's, it's also been more of my identity, like my background, my ethnic background, my culture, my cultures, because, you know, it's not just one, but, you know, as a first gender, you, you know, the, you know, how that feels and how that works. And, you know, you're bicultural or, you know, there's languages back and forth. So there's been a lot of pride as well in that. Um, but, but lately with, with pride month, uh, back in June, we had the chance to be part of the parade and, you know, march uh, with our brothers and sisters. So it was amazing to just be there and feel the energy and, and be present. Whereas I've, I've never really been like super involved, which now I, I, I really see the benefit of, you know, being present and just showing up and just saying, hey, you know what? I am one more and I want to be visible and heard and, 
you know, at, you know, the more we can get out here, the better. And it was just a great feeling to be there, be present. And it had a really big impact on me just to, I had never been part of the Pride March itself. I had always been a spectator, but it was different. It was just very different. It was just, it was beautiful just seeing so many people, you know, just cheering on and, you know, just everybody having a good time, especially here in Texas, you know, we, it's, we have to show up, we have to be seen and heard. And um, I'm glad I took that extra step for pride this year. Wow. I never knew that you were never part of the parade. So it's really nice to kind of get that detail as your friend, right. That has known you for a while and, and to understand like the deeper meaning of how that step is, is so much more important for you now and how it kind of blends with the work that you're doing. Stepping into the parade, you're also stepping more into like your work and feeling really comfortable with who you are and really owning the work that you're doing. I see the benefit of doing this because it's like you said, it's one more and other people see that as well. Right. Right. And I think before it was just, I, I don't think I really truly fully understood like the, the entire meaning of, but just knowing how vulnerable, you know, our group is, I, I was like, you know what, no time to step it up. It's not too late. And I'm just going to start doing it. Like I, even with, with the studio space, I was like, I'm going to put up my big sign there because I want it to be known that, you know, we can make it where we can be everywhere. And even the same thing with, you know, minorities, you know, yeah. Spanish speakers. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I would have loved as a little kid, like seeing these creative spaces that maybe uh, spoke to me or I felt like the person running it looked like me and I yeah. would associate myself, you know, with them. But I didn't really have that like yeah. as a kid. So, I mean, it's just showing up and just doing it and hoping that even if it's somebody, you know, like I said, any, anybody out there that might somehow relate to me as a, you know, like with a similar background, or I just, I just want them to know that, Hey, you know what? Like there's a lot of us out here and, you know, we see you and we're here. Like we, whatever we can do, whatever, you know, whatever step we can take to make it easier for them. Absolutely. Like we'll find a way. You know, representation matters. It does. It matters so much. And it's a process. And you are now on the other side of that. And that's why I think it was so important to have this conversation because you're doing incredible things. And I really want to thank you for even talking about this and wanting to share your experience on it because I think for a lot of people listening this is very meaningful and it's another voice in another way that is going to help someone feel less alone right right and of course it it, you know it it comes with well intent it's well intended like I you know at least from my part like I the intentions are genuine and if that happens and that's a consequence of me opening up a studio where, you know, that happens, absolutely, please. Like that, that would make me so much more happier. And, you know, there, there's so much more depth to it than just having a studio and selling paintings, you know, that yeah. it gives it a lot more meaning. It's more meaningful. And I think that makes it even richer. Definitely. Well, speaking of that, I would love to ask, there's a couple of other questions, but one is, 
What does being naked mean to you? Like, I, I, I know that we touched on this a little bit, but like, what does being naked mean to you? Being naked to me means, <laughs> especially with, with, you know, being in the arts and painting, um, being naked is exactly what it feels like for me when I hang up a painting or when I show a painting or when I sell a painting. It's just a feeling of nakedness. It, bare like it you're just exposed you're you know back to being vulnerable but not until maybe about last year I started to really dive into that that feeling of nakedness and being a lot more comfortable in my body and putting it putting in the work to my body as well like my physical body and I've noticed now that you know the work that I've put in like my inner work and my outer work they seem to match a lot more they're, they're a lot more complementing now where it's it's back to the harmonious you know balanced kind of uh, you know way of life that i'm i'm seeking it, it's just been easier like it, it just um they feed off each other they grow you know self-esteem confidence just gets you know a little better it'll take dips here and there i mean i'm human and we're all human right but the journey though it, it's it's moving forward so being naked at first, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, what are they looking at? Like, you know, you know, am I being judged? It's, that's what I, I mean with being naked. But there comes a point, though, where you just kind of work your way to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a little nervous all the time being naked, but mm. it's okay. It's, there's plenty of other naked folk out there. <laughs> I'm yes. not the only one. <laughs> when you were saying that, something came to my mind. And it's, you know, I think... Being naked, it's like you're constantly thinking about how you're being perceived because we want to be part of the tribe. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. And then no matter what, anytime you put yourself out there, anytime you try something new, um, anytime you take your clothes off sometimes, right? Like it, it might feel like it's scary because it's the unknown. And right. <laughs> and in that way, you get to decide how do I want to see me? Because I cannot control how other people see me. And it is important, of course, like in certain situations to be accepted and loved, right? But it doesn't matter how much other people love you and how much accepted you are by others if you don't see yourself through a lens with compassion and with care and with love, you know, it's like, you're almost like blind to that or to the feeling, even if you don't give yourself a little bit of that. And when you were speaking, it was almost like, I, I saw the two like blending together <laughs> because you're right. Like pain is a part of life. We're always going to be scared. Anytime we try something new, right. anytime I record a podcast, I'm like, wait, what did I say? Should I edit that part? Right? Like there's all of these things that come up. But it's about showing up. It's about being seen. It's about being yourself, you know, showing up for you, showing up for you. I truly believe that showing up for you is more important first because we don't know what other people want. But I think if it's important to you, it's important to somebody else out there. Right. Because yeah, we're all it, connected. That's right. We're all connected. And, and um, you know, the... I feel like the the comfortableness, like you know, like you mentioned, like it it does come from us. It comes from within, and once we start seeing ourselves as sexy or 
attractive or enough and start feeling comfortable, then it doesn't really matter what others think. Like it, yeah. like you said, if somebody sees it and you know connects with it, great. And if somebody just doesn't really react to it, great. It, the world it will not change. Like it, right? You know, life goes on, and but it is the inner work though. Like that, that will determine that trust and that confidence in you with being naked. And then if others compliment you, that's, you know, of course, who doesn't like flattery, right? Like, of course, <laughs> like, thank yeah, you. we're humans, but exactly. <laughs> I, it, this makes me think of the four noble truths or one of the truths by Don Ruiz is don't take anything personal. And it's like, if someone tells you you're ugly, that's not for you to decide, <laughs> you know, or if someone tells you you're beautiful again, feels great, but it's also like none of our business what other people think, you know, like to a degree, because that's just their opinion. Mm -hmm. And if you were to live by their opinion, like, I don't know how far that's going to get you, you know, like you kind of have to decide how you want to think about yourself. Because if you let other people decide for you, that's really dangerous because then your self-esteem is always seesawing based on someone else's opinion or or situations that happen to you. Right. And we have no control over what they think or what, you know, they change their mind. And it's yeah, it's, it's just a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's lighten this up a little bit. <laughs> um Serge, for all the artists out there, for, for anybody that's interested, and by the way, when I say artists, like this doesn't mean you have to be a painter. Maybe you just want to live a creative life and it has nothing to do with art because I truly believe that living creatively is for everybody. But what would you say to someone that is interested in living creatively and, and how should they get started? Well, the one thing that I can... I think I should have told myself this and <laughs> back then is that when you have the creative bug in you, when you have that creative component, it's never going to go away. And if it's with you, it's with you always. So the sooner you start paying attention to it, listening to it, you know, the, the sooner that happens, the better, I think, as far as like uh, time, as far as time goes, because you you can start you know, that process. It can start to evolve and, you can kind of start exploring because, you know, it's not enough to just have to create a bug. It's you have to, the talent is like to really understand it and really work with it because it, you can't really control it. Like it, that energy just is. So um, the quicker you can do that, the the easier. I wish I would have started a little earlier, but you know what? Like time is time and it's done (laughs) and I'm here and that's what's important, you know, but yeah. um, but if that's something if I, I can share with somebody else who who thinks that, you know, especially with kids, like some of my coworkers' children, like, you know, like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get asked or, you know, can you look at my my kids, you know, drawings or, or you know, they started painting and I don't know what this means. And it's like, just let them do it because they have really no filters. You know, they're still young and they don't have this shame built, you know, into their systems yet where yeah. it's like, ooh. I shouldn't do this or like, right. Well, this, this isn't is productive. No. Right. Right. Or right. this isn't you know, the, perfect on the first round. Exactly. So, it, you know, it, especially with parents with kids out there that if they start doodling or painting or singing, acting, what, whatever it is with the, in the creative world, just please help them explore that. Like, and yeah. if you're an adult as well, like 
you know, because I've known people too, where it's like, hey, you know what? Like I, I used to do this. I used to, you know, have a thing for uh, cooking. Like, you know, I wanted to be a chef. You know, I wanted to. And so, well, why not do it? You know, you it's never going to go away. Like it, those are things that will never go away. And why not just kind of nurture that and explore it? Like, you know, it, it's very interesting, like being older now and still learning and growing with it because we think that, hey, I'm an adult. Like I, there's not much more for me to exponentially learn necessarily, but it's there's a lot still to, you know, branch out into and explore and learn um, just get to learn more about ourselves in the process. And, you know, that's kind of the beauty of it. But so to wrap it up, I would just say, you know, what? if, if you have that little bug, please just play with it. Yeah. It's there for a reason. I think that it takes practice and it takes time to start seeing kind of the fruits of your labor. And by fruits of labor, I don't always mean like getting paid for it, right? It's just, it takes time to get good at something. And I think that that's something that like we lose sight of so much because we always see the final product of everyone's projects or, or, you know, no one's out there showing like their beginnings, right? Which I think is why entrepreneurship is so amazing and also such a roller coaster because you're out there doing things in public, constantly showing everyone, hey, I'm starting from here, you know, right. started from the bottom. <laughs> and, and that's, I think we just need to normalize that more. And I love that, you know, you said it's never too late. Like it's good to start early in terms of like allowing yourself to just do what you enjoy. The quicker you could do that, the more you'll get out of your way and allow yourself to just create. And I think the biggest benefit is not all of your talents necessarily have to be what you get paid for. They could be, but it's just about enjoying you want to grow outside of whatever you do when you do get paid, right? Like it's nice to be able to grow and connect with yourself. So whatever that is, it's like, enjoy it for the experience because that's what makes you happy. That's what makes you feel good. I feel like I could do a whole nother podcast on shame and like the process, but I think that's coming next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Yes. Well, Serge, Can you tell us how can people learn more about you? And also, are you currently selling any of your art pieces? I just pretty much settled into the studio with, you know, adding some furniture, uh, some tools. So I haven't really been, I've really not been creating uh, yet, but that will change next month. So I will have paintings, smaller, medium-sized. For the most part, I do have some commission pieces that I need to kind of continue working on. But for any of those who are curious, my website is sergioartist.com and on Instagram, it is at Liquid Surge. I think everyone's going to be super excited when they go to your page because your art is amazing and it's incredible. I've used it as like some of my my cover photos. Um, So for anyone listening, go check out Surge's art. And I cannot thank you enough, Serge, for being on the Unpurposeful podcast and just being 
being naked. (laughs) (laughs) Embracing (laughs) Embracing being naked, showing up, sharing your story and your process. Because I know that that's kind of where the juiciness is and where so many people can see themselves as well. So thank you so much. And I cannot wait to visit you in Texas. Caroline, it's been a pleasure as always to speak with you and best wishes with your podcast. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye.